Hello there and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we usually have two co-hosts. My name, of course, is Sean McCoonis. That guy right over there with his white t-shirt on is my friend, Hunter Sagona. Hunter and I believe that there are many people that have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide array of artists and composers, dot, 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 and everything in between. Because the sun is engaged with the sky and my best friend has found a new guy. Those are lyrics by today's topic of conversation, which is Lalfi. Um, and for those who don't know Lalfi, uh, who that's her mononym, um, is really named Laufi Lynn Jon's daughter. Um, she is an Icelandic singer and songwriter, um, multi-instrumentalist. She became popular back in the early 2020s. She is of mixed Icelandic and Chinese heritage. Um, she describes her musical style as a mixture of jazz pop and bedroom pop as modern jazz. She participated in the, the Voice, the Voice, like the competition, um, the Voice Iceland, their version, in 2015. She released her debut EP, Typical of Me, in 2021, before releasing her debut album, Everything I Know About Love, in 2022. That album is actually what we're going to talk about today because it's it's her major, you know, first major album. Um, which contains sort of the major songs that she's done thus far. So uh, without any further ado, we can get ready to start talking about Lofi. And we're on with Sean and I, and we're going to be discussing, as I mentioned, the debut album of the Icelandic um, artist Lofi. And the first song on the album sean is called fragile and um you know i i think it's a it's an interesting way to open an album right it's like it's not too fast it's not too slow um the music video for it's really interesting i don't know if you ever saw the music video for it but it's like it's like by the seaside and you got like the waves and stuff it's it's an interesting vibe i'm curious what you thought of it yeah sure i'll i'll kind of point a couple of things in your way which is Uh Um, throughout her album, I find that her tempi is pretty consistent throughout. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier with her bio, this is definitely bedroom pop. Um, a little bit of modern jazz. I kind of have this, uh, like this feeling that she was really inspired by early jazz, inspired by singers like Ella Fitzgerald and, you know, Judy Garland. And I'll I'll talk about why I think she sounds exactly like Judy Garland um, later on with some of the other songs. But it's interesting because this one has this um, milky voice. She loves the bossa nova. I know a lot lot of jazz. Oh, do I? Well, you do too. You love the bossa nova. And what I find so interesting about this one in particular is the use of bossa nova the use of ostinatos the use of con contective and well, i just created a new word contective um <laughs> conductive connective rhythms that just so easily coincide and just float and it honestly feels like yes you are falling asleep but to the most beautiful delicate music you've ever heard from a icelandic chinese artist which is yes. pretty darn cool and you know that's i think a good word for it it's a very delicate kind of song ironically the song is named fragile right mm. so 
it, I mean, it's not referring to it's not referring to the music. It's referring to the subject of the song, obviously. But yeah. it is funny how it doubles. It seems to double mean, right? It it has yeah. a delicate nature to it, um, and it is very like you could be falls or falling asleep to it, right? It's it's got a very peaceful sense to it. It has this small sense of, and I think she does a really great job in this in her songs, which is she has this um, sense of belonging to the musical community which i think is really great yeah and i think something that makes her different than any other artist is her humble aspect to her songwriting and the songwriting in her sense like it really echoes in her voice of being humble and being honest with how she feels yeah i definitely think that's true it does seem like you know it's parsed down it's not chaotic it it does give the sense of like you mentioned yeah. belonging you know she sort of she knows where she is in the in the genre right she knows where her style is what she likes yeah. not to say she couldn't venture out of it but she could but she knows what she likes and i figured you needed a palate cleanser from last week because <laughs> you literally could not find something more different that's from different. Lincoln, Lincoln, park. Lincoln park Lincoln park yeah that's right you know i i, I didn't despise it it's no it's just no i know obviously not my thing i know i know it's just fine. It's okay. And you have a, I see you have a little bit of slam poetry here for us. Oh, she is a great songwriter and lyricist. So it just, it, it's, it's, it's honestly a lot of the music that I, I picked and I wanted to discuss was just basically more around the theme of how you can really find her voice in her writing, which is, yeah. will you come, will you let it come closer to you? I know that you're older, but what can I do? I leave in the morning. I'll forget that I surely am falling. Ah, <laughs> and and what I find so humbling about that is that the writing is in connective to how she's truly feeling in the moment. You know, like the word fragile can mean so many different things, but she she means it emotionally, connected to how she's feeling about others. And I think that's something that she struggles with as an artist, which is she's trying to find these connective tissues to do all these different aspects of life, but she's struggling to find these and she feels fragile. That's mm -hmm. what I feel. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a good interpretation of it. So that's um, what I feel. And, I, and you have a big thing with exclamation point here, strings. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She utilizes it so well. She's also a cello player, yeah. as you as you know. Um, she's quite good at that. Um, and actually what's interesting too should we have a like-minded relationship to bach um which might make you moan very very quietly and softly um which is funny because it's it's so people are like why why do you keep talking about bach because yes i mean he isn't necessarily at the origin of all music but if you think about the core principles that he brings as a composer and an artist he does have those principal methods of great like compositional writing. And it almost feels like in that way, um, Laufey is like, yes, I love adding in instrumental aspects of the song. And she does a lot of guitar playing. Yeah. She does a lot of piano playing. But there's this connected tissue to strings that I think brings out the lighter side of the song, even though the song might be a little dark. Mm -hmm. No, so, I agree. Um, and the music, while dark, is beautiful, which leads us to song number two, which is a song called Beautiful Stranger. And <laughs> it's a very different kind of song from the previous one. 
And it's a song that I'll admit when I was listening, you know, when I first listened to it. Mm. I'll discuss later how I found the artist, but um, it was not through this song. And when I was listening to the album, this one, it did not immediately grab me. And yet the more I listened to the album, the more I liked the song. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, it's in three. So, of course, I must love it. Yes, um, <laughs> um, so that that's got to go in for me right there. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this particular one. It's got this very lamenting quality to it, mm-hmm. which I think is yeah. cool. like it's not yeah. not like heartbreaking lamenting. It's it, because it's it's talking about like more longing than it is about. Oh, excuse me, than about loss. Mm-hmm. What happens when you do this at nine o'clock? Um, <laughs> what did it sort of yeah. say to you when you first heard it? Yeah, I think you said it right. Um, it has the reverse psychology method where you think it is sad. And right. a lot of sad songs have these arpeggios that spiral downward. But in this song, it spirals upward instead, um, uh-huh. which is oh, interesting, which I find really interesting, too. Um, she uses the vocal lines in the song. It's really funny. One of the lines that I picked out what was really interesting was she used the word fall. And when she sang it, she said fall. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a, she's doing a mini trombone where I thought it was pretty funny um, and that worked really well um, Hunter as you know I love listening to lo-fi music as of now I've, I've been falling in love with it because what do you listen to when you're writing 25-35 page papers uh, yes you listen to lo-fi music I find mm-hmm. that that is such a peaceful pe- peaceful peace of mind Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in that you are trying to find the right line to, to describe the way you, you, you do describe singular focus. And I think something that's really interesting about this song is again, the relationship to the lyrics and to the music and how the music can make you feel the inner peace. And you had already checked off the mark that you've already liked pieces that are in three. So, yes. Excuse As you, you have noted, it is my favorite song. It is, yeah. I did write that a lot in some of these songs. So, well, that yeah, she does. She says, we won't it, talk and about I, it I didn't notice it when I first listened to it until I really looked for it, and then I realized oh, she does write a lot of songs. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe that's why I like it so much. No, we um, do love it so much. And we we've got some more poetry here for you. Mm. Do you want to read number one? Let not written on here for you. Do you, do you want to read this time? I feel like we gotta share the slam poetry tonight. Oh sure, why not? Okay. So the first verse of this song is she does like a vocalizing on mm, which I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, come on, no. And then okay. <laughs> she's in in for those who are listening, the tempo of it is like one two three one two three one two right. So it's beautiful stranger sitting right there looked up at me and my dark curly hair looked back for a second didn't want to be rude i tend to fall in love uh it's i tend to fall in love on the tube i can't quite get that one right um that's all right yeah and uh it clearly fits very well into that sort of Mm. cyclical turning we've talked Mm. about happens in three where it's like it tells the motion of the song forward right yeah oh that's why it's because in my head i'm listening to the song it's i they hold on land it's on 10 it's i mm-hmm. tend to fall in love on the two. That, there we go got it there. um and that monotone voice really helped the listeners to feel the power of the song um <laughs> i always tell my students like 
Mine you had a little bit of that joie de vivre. That, that yeah, I was gonna say it was really a lot, a lot yeah, of life for yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but the, I happen to think you know it, it is a very beautiful song. But like I mentioned, mm-hmm. the first time I heard it, I don't know why I wasn't maybe wasn't in the right frame of mind. But there's a there's a flow to it and an openness to the sound that I think really gives the the ambiance of the song. So eventually, grew on me even more. That's right. Very nice. And you have what? What other? What do you have there? Um, romanticized day. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of her songs and a lot of the songs in this album, because this the album is called, um, everything I know about love. Um, in the most cliche way possible, and I'm winking at Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that, yes, it, it does feel a little bit over the top, but mm-hmm. I think what work makes it work is she's playing into it. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit with Michael Bolton. We talked about that a little bit with Hosier. We talked about that. I hope I'd say his name right. Um, yes, I, you did. You were I, not I, doing the French pronunciation of it. Hosier. Um, yes. <laughs> and I think when you play into it, it works really well. And again, it, it can come off as corny if you don't play to it because that's not the intention. The intention is to be romantic. The The gestures are there to be proven, to be deliberate, to be honest. And I think she she does that really well in her, in her writing. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of romance, it's so coincidental that the next song happens to be a song called Valentine. Ah, very nice. And Valentine, this is actually the song that introduced me to her. I can credit Gabby for it. For those I can see that. No, I Gabby. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I don't remember if she heard it on Sirius Radio or if she heard it on social media. I think it was Sirius Radio because she listens to, like, you know, top whatever station. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And she came home and she was like, Hunter, I have a song for you that mm-hmm. you're going to love. And I was like, right. okay. And so played the song for me and it was this one. And this song has some really cool old-fashioned harmony in it. There's like, I'm pretty sure it's her just doing her own background vocals. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the background vocals with her is very cool, and this has like a very old-timey feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. a very old ballad style jazz, you know. Right, um, right. And then coincidentally, I was playing another song by her in class, and um another one on this list and one of the kids in class recognized the voice of the woman mm. and said that apparently it had made its way through tiktok i think or something i don't know what for maybe it was during valentine's day maybe not mm. but i guess this song had become pretty popular through that so mm. what is your uh what is your opinion on it right first of all look at us being more relevant now than ever i mean Mm-hmm. Talk about talk about Beethoven being about three thousand, three thousand, three hundred. Yeah, years three thousand. Three thousand. BC. BCC. Um, yes, yeah, a little bit too far for that. But but what what I find interesting about this is, and maybe this is a little bit why I think I I can totally see you clicking on this piece, and I think it brings us back to that conversation of who does she sound like. Um, what do great jazz singers sound like? Um, to me, she sounds like Judy Garland. I could and see I'll, that. I could see I'll, that. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, tell us why. It's the slight vibrato at the end of phrases. 
It's the lift within her voice. Um, it, it, the milky sort of not overbearing, like operatic, but it's the, it's, and, and, and what's weird about it is like, when you listen to someone sing, sometimes the voice is either, I would say maybe layered or just a single thread. To me, she sounds more like a single thread. And to me, Judy did that really well too, Frank, you know those singers didn't necessarily sound like opera singers, but they were able to use right. their timbre and their voice to carry tunes in a way that was more of an extension of themselves or their individual voice. So for me, Laufey's um, vocal timbre reminds me of someone like Judy Garland, and maybe that's why you have an interest in her because of the way she's able to colorate her sound i think that some of her vocalizations like her scatting really sounds like ella sometimes yeah because right. a lot of things that ella would do would she would do something very similar to judy where she would she would do a little bit of a of a vibrato going into each individual note mm -hmm. but like she would but a lot of the times within ella ella would would scoop into the notes like you are into those sort of notes so that to me sounds a little more like ella but also a combination of judy with most of her vocal um lyricism that's that's what i would say about, about that no that's a really good observation um and she does credit um if you read like the, the full bio um like her own she does credit the major jazz singers billy holiday ella fitzgerald early um not early but like the the jazz greats of female jazz greats yeah. And, and she should clear because, no, I was just gonna say quickly, just she should because those greats have gone on to do incredible things, but also have voices recognized all over the world. Right, exactly. Yeah. And something else about this, you know, you mentioned the the scatting, the vocalizations. Um, something else I think she has a very, you know, you mentioned her voice has a milky quality to it. And I agree, I, it does. That's a good way of describing it. And yet when she vocalizes, I find there's a very clear quality to her voice. She's very, um, she's very enunciative. Hmm. Like yeah. she's hmm. very crisp and clear with her. It, it, there's not a lot of um, like slurring in what she does. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, it's very um, pronounced. Each note is precise, which I think helps uh, sort of be the Ella aspect of it because Ella was like that as well. Mm -hmm. I, that was just sort of the major major point I had for that one. So this song, I, this song, I, I sort of just always think of when I think of her first because it was the one that made me interested in her music. So then I had to, when I heard that, I went and listened to like her other she had like singles and EPs and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And you have let's see what are these larger font lyrics that we got here. <laughs> Yeah, again, I, I'm in love with the way that she talks. I'm in love with the way she is able to showcase her inner thoughts, inner beauty through her lyricism. One line in particular that I love is, um, can I say that? Yes, don't have, I think don't that's have a hilarious clue. line. Yeah. It, it, For those listening, the the full lyric is, I tell him that he's pretty too. Can I say that? Don't have a clue. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is funny. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, that is, that is funny. 
it it just you, you know there's a little bit of um i'm not gonna say snarky it's a little bit of i know you know it's a little bit of a uh, chip on her shoulder and it, and it, it works like yeah, I said, no, the, yeah definitely i think and if you watch her perform the song in that live version that I sent, she does have this sort of coy look when she says it, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I can say that, you know, yeah, yeah. which is, right. that is funny. But then we move away from this sort of more traditional sound to this next piece, which is mm-hmm. a song that caught me off guard and not one that I thought I would like from the first couple of notes. And then when I listened to the rest of the song, um, mm-hmm. I was like, I weirdly like this song quite a bit. Um mm-hmm. And the song is called Above the Chinese Restaurant. Yeah, definitely. And I personally, I think this song, what I like about it is it paints such a, between the music and the lyrics, paints Mm -hmm. such a clear image Mm -hmm. of the story that the song is trying to tell. You know, you mentioned her lyrical ability. And this is one of those examples where she Mm -hmm. really is able to get her point across Yes. And makes you, it puts you in the image or puts you in the, right in the story. Sure. Sure. For you? Yeah, I, I, I again, I, I totally agree. I think um, I can't really speak from experience, um, but it sounds like not. it's being, oh, yeah, I will. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have told you if I lived under a, over a Chinese restaurant. Um, maybe she's speaking from experience. I don't know. Um, one of the the ways that I find it to be interesting, I, you had mentioned it again, the the bedroom pop. Um, different in that we get this new age sound versus it is, yeah, that's old the way age sound, right? Um, I always write this down for most of her songs, quite peaceful. I mean, there's nothing that I wouldn't say. <laughs> Because, I mean, I, of course, you want a little bit of edge in your music, but I think that there's a little bit of, there's always that chip on her shoulder, and there's always this romantic, seemingly sound about the way that she's representing her music. And I think that's great. It's it's peaceful. It's it's clear. It's honest. Um, and we're back into 6-8, Hunter's favorite musical uh, terminology slash, you know, feel of, uh, not simple, but compound. Um, but also, overall, like I had mentioned, um, playful, the same overall tempo, very straightforward. And I think that adds to her honest take on where she comes from as an artist, you know? And I think that that leads to some of the, the lyrics that are, that she adds to the song, you know? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, and so for the, so... See, in order to get the full aspect, I highly recommend that listeners go listen to her song, The Above a Chinese Restaurant. Um, now, that brings us to the next one, which I'll admit is probably my, well, I don't know if it's my least favorite on the album. That's eh, probably my least favorite on the album. Um, <laughs> I'll say it's my least favorite. I, I usually skip the song when it comes on. If I'm not near my phone, I'll listen to it. But, like, if I have the opportunity, I'll probably skip it. Okay. Um, which is Dear Soulmate. Mm. Okay. And again, it's it's sort of it's different from the other ones. It's a lot slower, or or, or it gives a sense of being slower, whether it is or not. Um, and I mean, I, I can leave it to you to sort of maybe determine why that is. But what's your first impression of it? 
My first impression of the song was I thought it was cute. I thought it was nice. I thought that the song was always trying to tell someone something about where she was going in her music and what was giving her that drive, you know? But what was giving her the purpose to write? What was giving her the 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 pursuit of asking her, Laufey, why are you writing these songs? And it felt like a lot of songwriters feel like, and <laughs> maybe we've discovered something in the uh, psychological aspect of all musicians, which is, what are you searching for as a musician? You know, is it glory? Is it is it recognition? Is it love? Is it all different kinds of things? You know, um, it looks like in this song that. Laffy's just trying to figure out who she, what she wants, who she wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't really know that, that, that's distinctively what she wants, but she knows that there is something that is waiting for her somewhere, that she is looking yeah. for something and she's looking for, and she, she not desperately, but she is literally walking that fine line, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, on your note, no, I'm not trying to tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, and and I'll tell you why, which was the reason because, again, we had this relationship where we would listen to something a little harder. And I told Nick, I was like, yes, I'm I'm really glad that we're doing this because it's going to push Hunter. And then Hunter's like, I'm going to just my toe in some water next week and that'll be just fine <laughs> no i'm just kidding but that but that's how the relationship from one thing to another and i think maybe you and i have talked about this but the relationship of music is unbelievable right just the the the, the twists and the turns and the genres and the subgenres and the yeah. and the switches and the it, it just it's it's crazy how we're, we're still talking about the same thing and yet we're not and that, to me, is probably the the most amazing quality of music, which is that we can we can talk about crazy death rock, and yet we can still talk about music in the same vein as someone like Val Laufey, who likes singing bedroom pop, which is ten bazillion times different than what we just listened to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just yep. again, I'm going off on a tangent, but her music is such a refreshing breath of air and i was like hunter's making a really great point which is we have this relationship of really hard hitting music but then we can also have this genre of like pillow talk and just light touches with erasers boop, boop, boop. light it, touches you know what i'm saying it's I'm just... not gonna touch you lightly okay all right well. <laughs> okay so go ahead buddy um so that but speaking of, you know, the, the, you know, she has a lot of different, uh, different messages. Like she clearly is trying to convey many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is, the the next song is something that, you know, she, her, a lot of her songs do deal with love, which, given the name of the album, is uh, everything I know about love. However, bear in mind that these songs were all originally like individual, right? They were EPs or um, mm-hmm. singles that were released. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that that's a common theme amongst her songs, um, which she was able to compile together to create this album, right? right. So um, this next one, What Love Will Do To You, 
mm. is sort of like uh, it's closer to the first couple on this album, but it has some, you know, it has this like nice guitar intro. And I'm not always a fan of the guitar, but if it's used right, like I think it is in the beginning of this, it's cool because it leads right into this. Um, you know, she does this little vocalization thing that has a very jazz standard structure to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It fits very much into the um, Ella Fitzgerald, Garland, Billie Holiday style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, a, you know, it's fun, but but very, very pleasing to me, at least, song. What do you think? Other than that, of course, given that I like it, you know, of course, it has to be in 6-8 again. I'm sorry. I'm ju- I'm just so fixated on that just because, like, I know you like it so much. Um, or maybe that's, the, maybe that's the only thing I know about you. No. Um, <laughs> There's been nothing else. It's no, only a love it's, of compound meter. It's definitely a compound meter. That's why I'm so off kilter. Yeah. <laughs> you have three extra beats instead of two. Why? I do. Why? No, okay, so what I find interesting about this piece is I've heard her sing on the sunny side of the street before, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that to me recognizes that she understands what really good standards are written like. Um, And similar to that, I think she kind of takes those models of really great like early jazz standard writing and just mm-hmm. fixes it into just something simple and it, and it works. And we've talked about this with like, you know, minimalism and, and aspects of that. And I think that really works in some of her music, which is like jazz in its form can be construed as a form of minimalism. Right. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. In that we could, we could sort of dissect that for a really long time and really be like, yeah. But classical music on the other side is a form of just regular thought out music, but built upon um, like polyphonic voices and it, and it works. Right. But if we strive away from that and we focus just on jazz and we're like, yeah, jazz has those tendencies in its music, which follows the form and makes it maybe even more organized than classical music, which is it sticks to the structure the chords are simple. The chords don't really seem that like crazy in regard to like extensions and like seventh chords. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one one of my favorite quotes she writes is, "I don't know. I I know I sound stupid. I do. Yes. Um, and I think there's a simplicity to that, right? Yeah. There's a simplicity to that where you're like." You know, we're not all smart, but we do what we know, you know, and it makes us that that's what makes us tick. So. In a way, we can then be like, okay, well, what's what's this? What's that? Right. And how do we make it work? And what is something that makes Laufey tick, which is the romanticism of of music, especially jazz music? And I think it works on so many levels. Um, yeah, and, so her, and, her, and her passion is there and it's clear and obvious, you know? Yeah. And, you know, her lyrics, you know, you have the lyrics here again. Um, sure. And she's like, um, 
she she writes a drunk on cheese and wine. That's my favorite um, line. I love being yeah. drunk on cheese. I don't really I don't spend a lot of time being drunk on cheese, but if I could all the time, that would be the that, that would be, be that wouldn't be favorable to all parties involved. But you know, I'm just saying. Overall, it's it's a wonderful experience. So if you haven't been drunk on cheese before, give it a try. So. I will certainly try. Um, <laughs> yeah, please do. Please well, do. we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break now so that we can get drunk on cheese. Um, <laughs> you read my mind. I know. But before we do, we'd like to let you know that our break will be sponsored by Anchor. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please go to anchor.com. You can also search Music Speaks Podcast on multiple listening platforms, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Don't go getting drunk on cheese yourself. And we will be right back with more music on its way for the second half of Laufey's album. I'm Sean Rumkunis. And I'm Hunter Sagona. And we will see you next time to discuss Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 3 in E-flat major, also known as Heroica. So, with that said, remember to always keep listening to what you love.